Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up to the layup, oh, blocked by James! It's over, it's over! Cleveland is a city of champions once again! The Cavaliers are NBA champions! That sound means it's time for Cavs of the Break NBA podcast, part of the Press Play Podcast Network. I am your host, Chase Smith, and with me, he covers your Cleveland Cavaliers for Sports Illustrated, the one, the only, Sam Amico Sam. What's up, man? The Cavs are playing incredible basketball. They're playing very well. I will give them that. They they look like a different team under J.B. Bickerstaff. They look like a uh, uh, just, it's hard to say, relaxed, but they do. They look calmer, more collected, and like a more professional outfit uh, since the All-Star break. And as we sit here and do this, they're 5-5 five and five under J.B. Bickerstaff with two straight wins. They are, and if you go to the game before the All-Star break, six and five of the last 11 games, the Cavs are surging. They're spoiling their draft stock, Sam. Are you okay with that? Yeah. One, because this isn't a great draft, and you could probably get a player number five or six as good as one. You know, at least that's what a lot of people are saying. So um, I'm all right with it. You know what? And not only that, you could have the worst record, and with these new lottery rules, you may end up five or six anyway. So just play as well as you can, and um, you know they're not going to make the playoffs, obviously, and I don't think they're going to drop out of the top four or five slots no matter how it goes. Right. Uh, a couple of emerging stories, Sam, since the All-Star break. Actually, we uh, were at a game together. You know, it, it, it was great. We were at the uh, – Zydronas Oglaskis bobblehead night on February 29th. We got to uh, connect before the game. It was great to see you, man. Are you feeling better? You were a little under the weather a little bit. Yeah, for a while there, man. I was I was really down and out, but um, they they had to have lost that night because I'm pretty sure they're o for bobblehead night, and and I'm not sure which game that was. Maybe maybe uh, yeah, they couldn't have been Boston because they won that game. But I'm pretty sure they're o for but it, it might have been Utah. Was it maybe Utah that, no, that they played that night? No, they played the Pacers. It was competitive. Oh. Uh, the Pacers had a good okay. The okay. The, fourth right. quarter. the Cavs were uh, winning some of the games. Yeah. It was, it was a great game. But uh, it was great to see you, man. Glad you're feeling better. Glad the coronavirus isn't taking its toll uh, on the Amico household, it seems. <laughs> um, but there have been some emerging stories. Not yet. Uh, for the Cavs since the All-Star break. You've done a great job covering that on Sports Illustrated. What, what's a bigger storyline, Sam? The emergence of Colin Sexton or the overall team playing this well under J.B. Bickerstaff? I think those are close, but I, I'll go with the overall team playing. Um, hmm. For one, because uh, you know they've had so many injuries with, with Drummond in and out of the lineup, Tristan Thompson in and out of the lineup. Uh, now Darius Garland's out. Uh, Kevin Porter Jr.'s out. Tristan's out again with uh, uh, you know, a scratched eye. So there's a lot going on, and they've still been able to keep games close, keep things competitive, look like, again, a real professional outfit. And um, I, I think that they've given something, you know, fans something to cheer about over these last 10 games. Now, that said, I've been very impressed, and I think everybody has, uh, with the emergence and the play of Colin Sexton. You know, he's always been a guy who plays very hard, uh, but people were questioning, you know, how well does he, you know, is he going to be a guy who just uh, 
takes a lot of shots and, and scores points because he's a volume guy, or is he going to be a uh, very good scorer and team player? And I, I think that, you know, he has said at the All-Star break, after the coaching change, he took a good look in the mirror and said, you know, what can I do better? Can I be more coachable? Uh, can I be a better teammate? Can I do these things better? And that is really shown through. He's always been a really good guy and a hard worker, but I just think he's getting a better understanding of the NBA game. And in fairness to him, you know, it's the end of his second year mm-hmm. and uh, it usually takes guys two, three years to get the hang of things. And he's, he's really been, um, it, it's been great to watch his uh, maturity on the court. hundred percent. No one ever doubts his work ethic. No one ever doubts his love for the game. Um, last year, one of the knocks that he had was uh, he didn't have an outside shot. And I feel like every time I saw a clip of him, it was him working on his outside shot. And he has an incredible outside shot. I almost wish he would shoot outside shots more. I think that would draw defenders close, like closer to than they would. So anyway, I, I think no one's questioning that. Sam, one of the things I wish that he would work on is his kind of end of quarter, end of shot clock decision making there. Uh, not a matter of can he get a shot off. Uh, I, I just I, I feel like th- that, and I know that comes with experience. But uh, his emergence, Sam, is 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 it to a point where you think they can build a team around him and this young nucleus of him and Kevin Porter Jr. Now, I mean, is is that kind of where Colin Sexton's that he played himself into a, a foundational part of the team? Would you right. agree? Yeah, for sure. You know, I mean, the thing that, and and I agree, his decision making on shots. Uh, needed work, and I think that that has gotten better. Uh, his, his, you know, the biggest knock against him was his vision. You know, the the quote unquote vision is he seeing guys, and I think he's done a much better job at that. And you're right, as his outside shot improves, uh, he's going to be darn near unguardable because yeah. he can blow past guys. He's and, and JB Bickerstaff has said this, and anybody can see it using the simple eye test, yep. he obviously is one of the fastest guys in the league with the basketball. So He has uh, this gear, Sam, that right. a lot of players have. I think LeBron has it, which yeah. to see a man that big move that quick with the ball, yes. you're just, it's un, like, what are you, what are you watching? Um, and, and he, I mean, when, when he gets going, he, he's a blur. And it looks like everyone else is standing still. Yeah. Um, and, and I think Kevin Porter Jr. is deceptively fast as well. And I think that takes a lot of people by, by surprise. Um, I, the, the, the team's playing well. The locker room is, is really light. I mean, you saw videos, people laughing around, goofing around, hooting and hollering. Uh, it, it's, it's a different vibe, Sam. And, and I, I think you're right. That, that can't be overlooked or overstated with the past 10 games, how this team has played. Yeah, one of the things you want to do uh, if you're the Cavs right now is, you know, you don't know who's going to be on the team next year. Obviously, Delhi is playing great, <laughs> filling in for Darius Garland. He's great. People yeah. are chanting MVP at these games. He's racking up the assists. Um, and that's that's what you want. You want to have the type of, and, you know, we use the phrase, we overuse the phrase culture, but you want to have that type of mindset uh, in this locker room and on the court where, you know, J.B. Bickerstaff said it best. He said, you don't want to be the one guy who's not participating in what we got going on. 
So when they get somebody new in here next season, you don't want to be that guy who's, you know, on the out and out because everybody's in this right now, very together. Uh, you know, and JB said it the other night, there's a great bond, there's great camaraderie. And, um, you know, a lot of that has to do with, uh, I, I, I mean, you can't pinpoint it to anything other than the coaching change. And, and JB Bickerstaff, just, you know, his dad, Bernie, longtime NBA coach, now a senior advisor with the Cavs. Uh, JB grew up around that. And he saw how to manage the professional personalities, the personalities of professional athletes who were, you know, young millionaires who were playing basketball. And um, you have to, you can't just coach them like they're, you know, the College of Worcester fighting Scots. You got to coach them like they're men because they are. And, and, and I just think J.B. Bickerstaff has a real understanding of, uh, of how to reach his players and how to connect with his players and also knows of the X's and O's, you know? So I think you add all that together and he right now, he may not have been a great fit in Memphis at the time when he was coach of Memphis, but he is a very good fit uh, in Cleveland and the type of guy that they needed. And, and, and you know, it, it's great to see because he's a really, really good guy. You know, I mean, he is, he is yeah. a salt of the earth type of, individuals. So it's, it's great to see all of this coming together uh, as it has under J.B. Bickerstaff. Over these last 10 games, the Cavs have victories over three playoff teams, Denver Nuggets, the uh, Miami Heat, and the Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, they've also beat the Spurs. And, and Sam, it seems like they're finally playing up to the level that we thought they could. Maybe not playoff caliber yet, but we, everyone knew they were way better than their 14 or 15 and whatever record you know showed. And, and you have to think the players are relieved that they're beating teams that they should be. They're competitive against teams that they should be competitive against. I mean, it has to, they have to feel better. And so it is nice to see the players playing more relaxed, doing, uh, you know, just being like an NBA locker room. It, it was encouraging to, to, to see that, Sam. Do, 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 you get, do you get that sense as well? Yeah, I, I think most fans don't care so much about the record right now because, you know, people want that lottery pick, which is, you know, going to be an important piece moving forward, whether it's a player that they draft or whether they trade the pick in some sort of package uh, to, to land another really nice young player uh, who's played in the league a couple years. It's hard to say, but, you know, I think most pa- most fans are fine with this sort of development stage, especially when you consider that the roster itself is a little bit clunky. It's a little bit odd. You know, you've got the big guys in Drummond and, and Tristan and Love and Nance who are the veteran guys. Uh, and then, you know, you're going to struggle when you have young guards, which is what they do in, in Sexton and Garland and Porter uh, Jr. And, 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 you know, so the roster still has a lot of shape to take. What fans want to see, I think, is what the Cavs are giving them. That's the occasional wins, uh, the reasons to watch, and there are plenty of reasons to watch, and, and close games, competitive games, and uh, by playing hard. And the Cavs have really done all of those things uh, over the last 10 games. You know, over the last 10 games, really, Chase, they've had really one real bad game, and that was uh, the second game at Miami under yeah. Bickerstaff, the second game at Miami. Uh, they did not look good, but everything else, to I, I think, 
yeah, I think everything else, everybody else can live with. And, and, and that's what you want. You want a team out there that is giving fans a reason to watch and, and hope for the future. And the Cavs are doing that right now. Yeah. Uh, I would have to say, I mean, to bring this full circle, um, one of the things that I've been pleased about, like, yeah, it's been great to see the team kind of play better. And I have been so pleased with Colin Sexton and his development and, and how he has grown into this role. Um, and it, it may be more so appreciative because you're seeing Darius Garland take the opposite route that Colin took last year to this year. I feel like Colin Sexton gained steam as the season ended last year. He really kind of started to thrive and gain confidence come into his own. Um, and, and he's continued that this year. I want to read you the, the, the last uh, six or seven games that he's put up. All right, Sam, here are his uh, points. 26, 25, 41, 32, 16, 31. Averaging close to five assists during that time. Uh, and five rebounds and two steals. Um, I mean, th- that that's incredible. Yeah, he's he's been putting forth, um, you know, and it, it's more than just the numbers. It's, again, we, we've talk, talked about this, but the style that he's playing. He's predetermined he wants to be uh, a, a more well-rounded player. And, I, you know, you mentioned this earlier, but some of the people around the league who I've talked to who were some of his – staunchest critics yeah. have come around on him and have said, you know, this guy is, is really coming around and there was nothing wrong with him before. It's just, I think a lot of people right. were understandably. So as fans get impatient and mm-hmm. want to see that guy take that next step. Well, he's very yeah, clearly taking those very important next steps as we see. And, you know, we, everybody say, I should be a sixth man or, or, you know, he should be coming off the bench or, you know, package him with love or Tristan or whatever. I I think that those people aren't saying those things anymore. I think that they're seeing this guy is a very unique player and very difficult to defend. And that's all you really care about. Do you have a a NBA comp to him? Like who is he most like in your eyes, Sam? You know, I've compared him a lot since the moment he was drafted to Montellus. Um, and, and a young Mount Ellis who was very good. I, I, I think he's kind of unique in his own way, um, you know, because he, he can play kind of both guard spots. And I know people say, well, he's not a point guard. And, you know, he's not, you know, others will say, well, he's not really a true shooting guard. And they're both right. Mm-hmm. Um, he has a style that's very unique to him. And uh, he's just so fast. You know, he's obviously not going to be a guy who ever racks up lot of assists I, I i would be shocked if that happens and that's okay um but the, the, the nice thing is he's comfortable on either part of the court whether he's the main guy bringing the ball up or whether that guy is garland or deli or whoever and he's playing off the ball so he has a very unique style and uh it's almost unique to him but i, I i'll tell you what i i like watching the games now anymore just to watch this kid play and uh, like to see what he's becoming. And and uh, I think he gives you a great reason for hope for next season that, you know what, this guy's only going to keep doing this, and uh, that'll make this team exciting, and it'll make it competitive. I, I will say this. Being, being at the game, watching how he interacts with the team and how Bickerstaff kind of has his rotations, um, it seemed like there were two different Cavs teams, one with when Sexton was on the floor and another team when Kevin Porter Jr. was on the floor. And it seemed really disconjointed. I, I asked, is that a fair assessment? Or do you feel like um, – I, mean, I know they're rookies and they're still trying to play together, but 
Uh, is that something they're still trying to figure out? Yeah, in a sense, you know, with a backcourt, you're trying to figure out everything because you have two rookies and a second-year player. So it's going to be disjointed at times. It's going to be clunky. It's going to be maddening. Uh, it'll be beautiful sometimes too. But I, I, I just think that, again, you know, these guys are guys who should be, uh, you know, uh, Porter Jr. And, and Garland should be sophomores in college and Sexton should be a junior. So um, these are guys that you're kind of learning on the fly. And frankly, you know, the first under beeline, he was a rookie. So he was trying to figure things out with a couple of rookies in the backcourt. It was just, it was a lot. There was a lot going on and, uh, you know, a lot of things that weren't great. And uh, I'm talking strictly about the court, you know, life on the court. And um, it was a learning process for, not only the two young guards, but but also the uh, the head coach. So um, I, I think we'll see those things improve with Garland, Porter, Sexton, and that rotation improve uh, next season. I think we'll you know a steady coach yeah. and uh, a steady program. That's fair. Um, we've talked about this on the pod before, Sam. So many times in basketball, and we're going to get to Week Twenty One slate games here in just just a few moments. Um, so many times in basketball, we've talked about before the best player on the court matters and that matters for a team. Um, and it seemed like the Cavs were really struggling to find that person. And I think a lot of teams struggle to find that player, that franchise altering player um, at the game. There were times where I felt like uh, Kevin Porter jr. Was one of the best players on the floor. Um, and I know yeah. before sections, sections emergence, a lot of talk was about Kevin Porter jr. And, He's had some mighty fine games over these last 11 games. Um, do you feel like Sexton's emergence is going to hinder that growth and kind of uh, limit that? Or is it going to give him room to grow into this a little, a little more time to become this player that we see Kevin Porter Jr. could be? Well, I, I think that, um, you know, first of all, they're so young that it's hard to tell what their ceiling is and what their ceiling would be together. But I, I, I think it'll help. You know, I think the way Sexton is playing is only going to open things up for everybody else. Um, theoretically, that's why you want good players is because it, it creates better players around them. I mean, you know, people who don't like LeBron James that I talk to that, that just don't like the fact that he wins everywhere else as well, the, you look at guys that play next to him and how much better they are. You know, guys like uh, Avery Bradley, who everybody thought was done two years ago. Rondo, who everybody thought was done. You know, uh, just about everybody uh, next to LeBron James plays better because he's so good. Now, obviously, the Cavs don't have LeBron James, but the, the idea being that the better uh, your main guy plays, your main scorer plays, generally, it's going to lift up the other guys around him because you know, then more of the focus is going to be on slowing down Sexton. So if you place more of the focus defensively on slowing down Sexton, that opens things up for guys like Porter Jr. and Garland. Um, and I think that could be the case. I, I, I'm i huge. I'll, I'll be honest, Chase, we've talked about this. I'm very up in the air on, on Darius Garland. I don't know, you know, how good he's going to be. I've written that I've seen flashes of Nick Van Exel. Um, but you know, those are flashes and, and I think he's got a lot of potential, but I don't know. Uh, I, I haven't, he's too young to make a decision on at this point, but, 
Uh, Porter Jr. to me has been very impressive uh, with a very high ceiling um, and does. He does remind me a lot of, you know, going way back, Ron Harper, who was, uh, you know, a noted cab for a while, was involved in that Danny Ferry trade. But that kind of guy uh, who can who can score, is athletic, and plays with an edge. And I, I, I you know, Kevin Porter Jr. was supposed to be a lottery pick. He just happened to drop the 30. So uh, a lot of people thought he was a lottery pick in talent, and he is right now showing that. So I, I think, you know, Sexton and Porter Jr. are very exciting. Uh, and I think that those two will be a big part of the future moving forward. And I think Garland could be in that mix as well, but I think he's, you know, he's still got to figure it out, uh, uh, you know, a little more, I would say, than, than Sexton and, and Porter Jr. do. Uh, Slate 21 started today, Sam Monday. We're recording on a Monday night. Tomorrow, the Cavs travel to United Center to take on the Bulls at 8 p.m. If you're listening to this on a Tuesday, that'd be today. The Cavs played today, 8 p.m., uh, this is a, a three-game uh, road trip. Chicago, Friday, they go to Charlotte to play the Hornets at 7, and then Saturday, back-to-back, they're in Atlanta against the Hawks at 7.30. Sam, call me crazy. Can they win all three of those games? Sure they can. First of all, nobody ever told me in sports writing class that part of the job would be uh, having to watch the Cavs Cavaliers Saturday, jokingly, because they're the two worst teams in the East. Um, but uh, that's that's how I'm going to be spending my Saturday night. Everybody else will be out having fun, and I'm going to hope they'll come home and read my story on the on the two worst teams in the Eastern Conference on a Saturday night. Uh, that's that's all in fun. But yes, you know the way they've been playing, of course, you know, and, and the Cavs even under Beeline have been a pretty good road mm-hmm. team. You know, so I don't suspect that they'll win all those all three. hotel lobby film sessions, Sam. All those, <laughs> we won't get into those. Uh, <laughs> but I, I, I think that uh, you know, Charlotte's a team that's kind of weird. You know, I've had a, I had a buddy say to me once, "You could say anything to me at all about the Charlotte Hornets, and I wouldn't be interested." <laughs> I don't care what they do. I'm just not going to be interested in the Charlotte Hornets, but they're, they're because they're kind of that strange team that's always spinning its wheels and not making the playoffs or getting in and getting beat right away. Um, so you know, I don't, I, I can't figure out Charlotte, but um, uh, you know, Ch- uh, Chicago obviously they won't have Zach Levine Tuesday night, so that's a very winnable game. Um, and I just like, you know, more than winning and losing chase is the way that these guys have been playing. And that's, that's with a sense of pride. that has been gritty. Uh, it's been together. Uh, they're having fun out there and that's, that's what fans want to see. And I think that that's what, you know, not only fans, but GM Kobe Altman wants to see JB Bickerstaff wants to see. Dan Gilbert wants to see. I think they want to see the team playing with a sense of pride, and they're they're doing that. And uh, I, I I hope that it continues on the road. You, look, it's the NBA. Every once in a while, you're going to have an absolute clunker. You're going to come out and you're going to stink, especially when you're a younger team with younger guards. You're gonna that's going to happen. But um, you know, overall, more often than not, 
you want to have a team that plays with a sense of pride. And I think if they do that, yeah, they'll have a shot to win all three of these games. Absolutely. Uh, well, let's make some predictions, Sam. What do they come away with after the, uh, after the weekend? Do they come up uh, two and one, three and oh, one and two? Where do you see them? Look, what do you, what do you, what do you see? I, I'm going to say two and one. I think that they, you know, we're um, back, baby. Winning. <laughs> Going, hey, they go two and one, right? You know what? Now all of a sudden they're seven and six under yeah. under JB Bickerstaff, and then people are worried about that lottery pick. But let me just say this to Cavs fans: do not worry about that pick because um, we saw last year they finished with a third worst record, or no, second. They yeah. they they ended up with the second worst record after winning that coin flip and they still drafted fifth. So, and, and then the Pelicans and Grizzlies were down in the middle and they ended up going up top. So uh, because of these new lottery rules, you don't have to worry about finishing with the worst record because, you know, it doesn't really seem like it's going to help you that much. Yeah. So just play your best and, and see what happens. I mean, you know, they're not going to, they're not going to position themselves out of the lottery or, or outside yeah. of a top 10 pick. You know, so, we're going to be um, in, in I think Charlotte on Friday night for a wedding. So um, I'll try to weekend at Bernie's myself at the wedding so I can go to the game. <laughs> you, he, you know what? You shouldn't have a real tough time getting tickets to that. <laughs> right. <laughs> Sorry. I, I don't know whether I say that with a, you know, but but it's true. I mean, if you if you want to get cheap tickets to that one, it should be pretty easy because I bet uh, a lot of people in Charlotte will be doing other things on Friday. One of my night. students is getting married. I can't miss the wedding, but uh, I mean that would be fun to go catch a. Just take the whole party. Two dollar tickets, everybody. Let's, let's go. Let's do it. Let's do it. Uh, well, that does it for Cavs on the break. My uh, shouts to Sam for coming on the show. Sam, thank you so much, man. Where can we read your stuff? Thank you. You can follow me on Twitter at Amico Hoops, A-M-I-C-O. I guess anybody listening to this should know how to spell that by mm -hmm. now. Um, but anyway, Amico Hoops. And then, of course, uh, si.com backslash NBA backslash Cavaliers. Um, covering a lot, obviously. Trying to cover every little nuanced thing about the Cavs, but I'm also throwing tons of NBA news up there now. Uh, as well because that's being very well received so also on the si.com Cavs website follow all about the Nets coaching search yeah <laughs> and you could you can follow me there too sounds so great I'll, I'll I'll be there and, and and of course on this awesome podcast. you can follow us on Twitter at Cavs on the break we always follow back shouts to the press play podcast network for making this possible uh Sam any final thoughts no just hope that they uh they keep it going the way they have because I think it's been very promising and uh, I think it's been great for the fans to to get to enjoy this season uh, as it concludes and then it should be an uh, uh, exciting offseason. Sounds me. great. Mike Breen, take us out! Congratulations, Cleveland. Your decades-long wait is finally over. The Cavaliers are NBA champions.